Hi, everybody. Welcome to Two Player. This is a podcast about video games and the importance of play in a complicated and modern world. Just a note before we get started today about spoilers and video games. Spoilers can, can, can be kind of hard to deal with because uh, if we want to talk about the mechanics and gameplay, certain things are going to come up. So if you really want to go ahead and play the game before listening to this, um, listen to the little intro and then maybe stop, go play a few hours and then come back and finish it. My name is Ian. And I'm James. And today we're going to talk or continue our conversation about ethical gameplay. And to guide us in our conversation, we're reading a book called Beyond Choices, written by a professor named Miguel Sicart, who studies game theory and game design, and he works uh, out of the MIT research labs. Uh, James, you want to talk about uh, which game we're going to be talking about this week? Yeah, for this episode, we're going to be looking at um, The Walking Dead, the the very highly regarded um, choose your own adventure style game from Telltale Games, and probably choose your own adventure might not be exactly the right way to talk about it, but it's a game that drops the player into a series of impossible decisions and with relentless pace keeps subjecting the player and the protagonist and the people they care about to really horrid, horrid situations that explore um, how he, how the human condition is affected by extremes, and which, yeah, which is exactly how the show and the, the graphic novel um, operate as well and uh yeah so we're gonna look at we're gonna start with season one because uh ian actually had not picked up the series until recent until, until we, we decided, decided we were gonna to do this about it. Yeah. yeah that's right so i've i've been playing through it now and and i'm not finished it yet so i don't know how how equipped i am to talk about the whole game but i've um i finished uh up into maybe the middle of episode three um, and so in the in the second half of the episode two, what I most recently completed was there's this big long episode where um, everybody is starving and and sort of the complexities of living in a world where uh, you know it's sort of post apocalyptic and there are zombies running around, which obviously are the danger. But in this chapter, episode two, it started to unpack how uh, the zombies, though they are sort of the explicit danger. Um, in these kinds of settings, as, as we know, through all kinds of different pop culture references, uh, there's also there are there are kind of implicit dangers or less obvious dangers, and and these are things like uh, you know dying of exposure or um, starving to death or being raided by other people who are not zombies but are are equally or or more dangerous. Um, so we finished without without giving too many spoilers about that episode. Um, it was interesting because your group starts to interact with some uh, some other people and, and you have to make some tough choices in regards to how to approach them on behalf of, uh, of your group. So, yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's uh, the aesthetic of the game is really interesting. And I think that, um, I mean, what struck me is, I mean, I played a Telltale game before, so I knew what to expect. I played the, the Game of Thrones Telltale book, which, or Telltale game, which, in my personal opinion, I didn't find quite as engaging as the Walking Dead game. Um, but I knew what to expect. If I didn't, though, I might be wondering 
why this was not a zombie shooter game or because there's so much action in uh, The Walking Dead. And I think that at first glance, you might you might confuse The Walking Dead for an action show. But I think at its core, just like the game, it's uh, it's a story about the people in the group and what kind of what kinds of characters they are. Um, so it was interesting to to go through there and play that game for the first time. So I liked it. As most people seem to have, it's, which I found really interesting at how widely accepted it was, even among people and groups who you might consider, and might consider themselves to be more of the hardcore gamer crew, because it's, it's, it's almost barely a game. Really, like there's. Well, we'll talk about. That, yeah, right? yeah. I, th- I think I, I think we will discuss that, and maybe maybe that will be the theme of our debate. But it's especially when you look at the mechanics of the game, like the core mechanic of the gameplay is choosing an option on a dialogue wheel, and you have four choices at most. Oftentimes, one of those four choices is say nothing at all. Um, but at the same time, I think that it very closely, uh, mimics how we operate in daily life. Like oftentimes, like the only real choices we have are to say something, not say something. And when we do opt to say something, trying to measure it and elicit a particular reaction or send the conversation down a particular avenue. And oftentimes in the game, um, even though we feel like we said the best possible thing we could, it's things still don't go our way and people misinterpret it. And it's, there's a lot of this play on the, the crucial difference um, between intention and outcome and how right. all we see are other people's outcomes and what they do, but we never see the intention behind that. Of course. Although the the narrative structure of the game is good at sort of making those underlying um, motivations and intentions uh, bring them a bit closer to the surface because the game is really good at fostering conflict. Right. Like it, uh, it's really good. at th- One of the things that I noticed that I, I want to ask you about in a second is that it doesn't, the game also doesn't always present you with a third option. I found that, that sometimes, you know, you're playing as, as Lee, who's this, um, he's a convict, right? He's about to maybe go to prison or he's transferring from a court to a prison um, when this, you know, zombie virus breaks out. Uh, but the dialogue options given to him, I didn't find like they were always representative of like the things that he could say. And I mean, at the at the end of the day, that I understand it boils down to game mechanics. And if you're going to get the next sort of step in whatever that narrative is, uh, it needs to sort of go one way or the other. Um, so I'll I'll be honest. I mean, there were moments where I was a little bit frustrated, and I don't mean frustrated in a way that's like, oh, you know, this. This is a really hard choice. I was I found myself at a couple points, and I'm trying to remember exactly when, but um, being sort of frustrated at the game mechanics because I felt like I was kind of being cheated by the game developers in a way, or or the, or the game designers just just in that like I, you know, 
sometimes the answers were clearly, maybe a little bit too clearly designed to create the conflict. Um, and, and that didn't always sit that well with me. I think that I, I can totally relate to that because especially when you, in so many other games that, especially with the advent of sandbox games and so many games trying to like give all of the, give all of the freedom, like you can, you want to do it, go ahead. You can do it with little to no consequence. Um, whereas I think that it was less mechanical limitation sometimes that limited your choices, Mm -hmm. um, as Lee, because they developed Lee as pretty much a fully fledged character to start this game. So they were giving you oftentimes I feel in terms of the dialogue or the action options that you have, they are limited to the scope of Lee as a character like early in episode one. And I was replaying it, um, trying to just sort of refresh my memory for this conversation. And I was also trying to play it differently than I remembered playing it before. Right. I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. Not to cut you off. Sorry. Um, And so there were times where um, questions about Lee, his identity, his history, as he's meeting these new people, they come up and, in my head, I seem to recall being coy and like on the down low and like I didn't want to get super involved with people. I was like, okay, this time I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm going to come out and when someone asks me what was going on, I'm going to choose the most honest option each time. And there was this... However... Ha- yeah, however, the character of Lee was just not in a place where he was going to share that with strangers. You could choose the degree to which... Right. You concealed the truth to straight up lie. Like there was, a, a well, okay. This so we're we're getting to a place. That I really am curious because this is the how many times have you played through it? Twice, three times. This this would have been. I'm not one to replay games often, especially games like this. So I this was my second playthrough. Okay, yeah. And so I I think it's fair to assume that you knew what to expect in the narrative and the story yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and with the characters and everything, right? Um, and so naturally I would, I would imagine you're trying to avoid some of the pitfalls that you made in your first way through. Did you, were there any points where it's sort of like damned if you do damned if you don't. And then it's like, you're, you're presented with like, uh, basically a false, a false option or a fault. Is it, is that a false positive? I feel like that's a completely misuse of some scientific terminology, well, but let's say, okay, so you have to save you know, somebody on the left and you have to save somebody on the right. Like the example of, um, the first big choice you have to make, right. Is you yeah. save, what's his name? Sean, I think. Yeah. So or, or duck or duck. Now, Sean is the guy who found you outside of Clementine's house. And I, I think we should talk about Clementine yeah. too. I think that's pretty important. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. But Sean saves you, takes you back to Herschel's farm. Herschel is his father. And, there are zombies, they break through the fence, and you have to save Sean or Duck. Now, who, who did you pick? Okay, so I'm going to tell you how I played it the first time and how I played it this most recent time. Okay. So the first time I played, I sort of adopted a very utilitarian survivalist mentality. 
where I was ob- funny. objectifying people in oh, terms oh. and rating them. It was like, okay, how much is this person worth going to worth to me in terms of aiding my survival and Clementine's survival? Because I bought into the whole Clementine thing really early. Well, that's and I, that's exactly what uh, I wanted okay. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you meet her in like the first two, three minutes of the game? Yeah. How quickly did they establish that connection? Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's like just crazy how accountable you are to this yeah. little girl. Okay, so anyway, you were just saying so you, so you were playing as a utilitarian yeah, that's character. That's how I was doing it. Okay, now and you have Sean has already demonstrated to me that he is generous enough to have saved essentially Clementine and me from peril. He gave us a ride when we didn't have to do that, got us out of town, took us to his father's farm. So he had built up quite a bit of social capital with sure. with me as playing as Lee. Duck, we should explain, is the idiot son, like the young idiot son. He's probably 12 or I don't so. Know. I think I, well, it's hard to tell because he's an idiot. And he of this person we just meet this fellow Kenny who seems oh I'm 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 getting really into this I can see that I'm peaking so anyway duck is a, he's a lame duck and oh you God, <laughs> you are presented with a situation where Sean being not only is he equipped to survive he's also kind-hearted he takes duck to occupy Duck as Sean is doing some real work to fortify the perimeter of the farmhouse. Right. And he throws Duck up onto the seat of a tractor and lets Duck play foreman, essentially. Right. Um, what ends up happening, you hear this, you hear the tractor start up in the distance, you hear Sean scream, and then you run over. Duck has unintentionally started the tractor. Run, run over, over Sean's leg. legs. Yeah. The noise of the tractor plus the scream has drawn the walkers. So now there are walkers grabbing at idiot duck on the tractor and poor benevolent and capable Sean pinned under the tractor at the front. So here's here's the, the fork in the road. Do you go help duck who's being grabbed by... Little kid being little, grabbed Little at. kid, yeah. We should... Idiot I mean, little, little kid, kid, but little kid. Right. That's his redeeming quality. He's a child. And then the or, or Sean. Sean. And but it's also it's also interesting the way they frame it because you can see that Sean's pinned under a tractor. Like right. th- that's a dire situation. So so in my mind though, I was like, okay, I'm playing this pragmatic. We gotta save and and also like the kid's not stuck on the tractor. So I'm like, I'm gonna save Sean. That was the choice I made the first time. Despite my intervention, um, the first time around, the first time around, I'm not going to tell all the details of how it plays out. Sean dies, um, so you're you're screwed, right? You're screwed. And yeah. so the second time through, I played. I was like, okay, I'm going to save Duck, and and Sean s- still dies. But how people react to your decisions, because that's the thing that ends up. Even though I didn't change the narrative flow of the game in terms of who lives and who dies um what it does impact is how people interpret these actions yes exactly and that's where that's where they incorporate the richness 
um, because they have because that's the thing. It's a whole season. There are like five episodes, so it has to stay together all the way through. So these cheats are that's, sort of inevitable. Yeah, and that I mean, I did wonder that too, right? Like, it's at a certain point you have to you have to cheat a little bit and. And I guess the uh, my ultimate question in the games, and to be clear, loved it. It was really, really fun. And it is like the, the amount of social, or not social, I guess like emotional pressure that it applies to you in those moments. Because um, you only have like a few seconds to make these decisions as well. And you feel every second, right? Yeah. I, 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 know, I know I did for sure. Um, so I really don't want to discount that because I think that it was a marvelous game in that regard. But I did find myself wondering, um, especially after, and I had time to think about the game, what, like, what was the point of mm-hmm. all of the decisions? And I, maybe there's something there too. Um, but if it's a game where you're going to make decisions and these decisions have consequences, um, I find it interesting that you know that the next episode is going to start. And who knows how much weight even those big weighty decisions really have. Yeah. You know, and I think that they do a really good job of keeping up at the very least sort of an illusion that these these events are and these choices you make are very weighty. Um, And we we sort of discussed this um, in passing uh, before this idea that maybe it's a commentary on the fact that time is just this big raging river. Yeah. And it's going to sweep you along and you can kind of, you, you, in the end, you wind up at the same spot. You might like grab onto a rock here instead of a branch there. But in the end, you just get swept away w- with everything. Yeah. Um, but because they they do a good job of bringing back decisions like and reminding you of decisions you've from made from previous episodes from previous even? episodes yeah oh, that's and interesting. there are and 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 that's the other thing is that you have to sort of there is an element of faith and trust in that your decisions matter because i i cheated today and i was reading um the wiki the wikia for the uh for the different episodes and I feel like if you've already played the game through yes well but even then i was reading through and discovering like i was thinking that i was making different Choices sometimes, but unbeknownst to me, I I was repeating some choices that were actually more not necessarily important, but they things played out differently. For example, did you when when you first meet Clementine, you're presented with a decision to either leave um, before or after dark? I left before. Yeah, me too. And it's. That's actually that impacts um, how you meet Sean. Oh, and the and right, the, the conditions under which you still meet Sean, and Sean still. But you're saying, brings like, you in theory, that could change. So if you change the conditions of how you meet Sean, it might also change how you feel about him. Exactly. Right. And, be, and then you might. You might. I thought. I mean, I'll. I'll I saved the kid, right? When mm-hmm. when those two were, um, were head to head, right? And I was just thinking, like, this guy's an adult. He's stuck. Mm-hmm. Little kid. That's gonna be a lot. 
more sad. So I thought <laughs> for sure. I thought I'd save the kid. Um, but if I hadn't made that decision and I felt differently about Sean, like that, I can see how that would impact that next then major decision. Because of course, Duck is the kid of one of your like allies or enemies moving forward, right? Yeah. Which is his dad, um, Kenny. Yeah. So I can. That's interesting. I can see how that rolled over. And this is going to sound really cheesy, but it's off of it. I'm riffing off of something you just said about how your decisions impact the way you feel about characters. And yeah, that's how the game operates. It You're not changing the game state so much as you are your own emotional state as it relates to the characters because it's so heavily character driven. And if right. none of... N- Almost none of it works if you don't buy into those relationships because that's the other thing that I found playing it the second time through is because I'm just trying to see what the differences are and because I'm not invested again because it's just it's hard to get invested again and I'm not I'm sort of metagaming it where I'm just I'm trying to pick different right answers than i think i might have picked last time it's funny that you're doing that though and then you go to the wiki and you realize like even though you're trying to metagame you're like personality <laughs> is overriding is, is a overriding lot of, yeah. a lot of like your 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 pretty intentional decision making yeah um okay i have a uh, um a question and we, we'll talk about it for for, uh, for a few minutes okay and then, and then we can take a little break um this game obviously has no problem being pretty heavy-handed right and i was shocked and that is a, there's a little bit of a spoiler here about the game so if you're really interested in in going and, and playing the game and you haven't done it before i definitely recommend you do that um and maybe just stop listening for the next four four minutes or so um ready okay so lily's father do you remember his name larry larry is a real piece of work. And as soon as you meet him, he is like in your face. He is very clearly antagonistic. You do not like this guy. He's big. He's, he's like a sort of a big bear of a man, extremely protective over his daughter. Um, but protective to the degree of being extremely harmful and dangerous to you and to other people, right? Uh, so you don't like this guy. Now, in episode two, you get into a situation. The people that we mentioned earlier on, those people end up being cannibals. And along the way, there are there are a series of red flags and and everything. Like it, it becomes clearer and clearer that these people are creepy and and you should really watch out. Um, eventually, you and Lily and Kenny and Larry. Did I say his name already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, okay. We're good. You all get you all get caught by these people and you get shoved into a meat locker, presumably because they're going to take you out one at a time and eat you, right? Um, and then Larry has uh, an angina attack where he has a heart attack. It's sort of unclear and it's unclear on purpose. And then one of your marquee decisions is that Kenny proposes that you kill him because if he dies, or also uncovered in this episode, and if you watch The Walking Dead, you know this, if he dies, it doesn't matter whether he was bitten or not, he's going to turn into a zombie. So if you're stuck in this big meat locker with this like six foot six bear of a zombie now, um, you're going to have a really bad day. Um, 
And uh, so Kenny's like, we have to, we have to take care of this. We got to kill him right now. But you can also see that like he, he might still have a pulse. Like he might still be breathing. Like you really, that's really unclear. And Lily is really pointing you in the direction of trying to save her father. And so your decision is, do you perform CPR or do you help Kenny? And do you, do you kill Larry when it's still unclear? So here's where it gets heavy handed because there's this guy that you're like, he is a bad guy, but he's one of us. Like he's a member of our group. I chose to, I chose to do CPR. Did you the first time around? Maybe the first time around, I no probably had Kenny kill him. God. So yeah. like you're, you're doing CPR. Oh, I, can, I can look it up. That's one of the big decisions. So that's like you the could, stats. You can look anyway, it up. We'll yeah. check this later. It'll be interesting, but uh, we'll do that in the break. And um, so you're you're giving CPR to this man, and Kenny essentially drops. It's a salt lick, but it's like a cinder block, like throws a cinder block onto this guy's head and just explodes his head everywhere. And here I'm like, there's no way I could possibly feel bad for that guy. And then it's just like, what the? Like, gross. Literally in the frame, there's like a piece of brain sitting on the ground. And then I just had this moment. I was like, even for you, this is a little heavy handed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, yeah. Well, it's the game is really good about because even when it because it does this a couple times where you think you're guiding the narrative and you think you're making a choice exactly. but really like all you're doing is making a choice for your character right. it really makes it feel like it, it's interesting because if it was handled not as artfully it would feel like a shooter on rails without shooting essentially well exactly you know, like where you're just yeah. being you're just being guided down the very strict narrative path but the I feel like it makes the world feel more alive. Like these these NPCs, they've got their own agendas, their own motivations, and like me trying to talk them out of them being them is not going to work. And then that re- and and but again, it comes back to that influencing your relationship to these characters because sometimes the decisions you make. Like you do make the call, you do call the shot, and your decision has very specific narrative outcomes. It's like sometimes you're the deciding vote, and sometimes you're not. And I, and and if you're not the deciding vote, people will still remember which option you voted uh, for. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And it says that. Like I know we talked about that, but it's like in any of these marquee decisions, you say something to a character. And the game reminds you, right? They're like, this person will remember that. Um, why don't we leave it there for a second and we'll take a quick break and come back in, uh, in a couple of minutes. Sounds good to me. Okay, and we're back here. We're just, again, talking about the Walking Dead Telltale game here. Um, I am, I'm Ian with James. James, you want to tell him what because you made sort of a commitment to check something out before we broke. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I wanted to just double check to see which um, which way I chose on some of the marquee decisions in episode one. So I was jumping on Ian's machine and just logging into my Steam account. Um, but then his 
machine just completely melted down. Like yeah. ta- task manager. It's a big expensive piece opened of garbage. Up to just a white screen of nothingness. I've never seen anything quite so beautiful, yeah, just, actually. Just completely imploded. So uh, I guess we'll never know. No, ever, never. It's impossible to know now, forever. Uh, okay, so we're going to take it into a uh, segment, a uh, debate segment, where James and I are going to, we'll read out a f- maybe a few different topics that we thought would be interesting debate questions, and then maybe uh, pick, pick a, maybe we can pick a common debate question. But what's going to be interesting about it is, I guess we'll just do rock, paper, scissors, and uh, we'll, we're not going to know whether we are going to be uh, yeah, in support or uh, in support of uh, or anti um, the point that we've brought up. So, dude, no, no, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna start the debate off by arguing this point. I don't think we should. I think we should just go down. We've got four topics, four potential topics. I say we hit each of them in order, and we had. Ian had thrown out the idea of this being a hot take debate, which I think is brilliant okay. because it takes off a lot of the intellectual pressure of having to actually have like valid arguments <laughs> and like not resorting to ad hominem attacks and whatnot. All right. So I, I think that I've got a quarter in my pocket. Who knows why? I think I thought I was going to make, be making a phone call later. Um, so <laughs> Ian, if it's tails, you will take the pro side. If it's heads, you take con. And so the first topic. Okay, here, let's see if we can do, we'll do one minute each. Yeah. All right. Just like a four and for and against, and, and we'll just rotate who goes first. Beautiful. Yeah, perfect. All right. Great. Okay. So be it resolved in episode one. If the player chooses to save Carly over Doug, the player is sexist. Ian, you are arguing for this statement. I, okay, all right. So I'm so happy because if I don't know what I'm going to do in your shoes. Because you're obviously sexist if you choose Carly over Doug. Now, it's going to be hard with recaps, but basically, Carly, uh, she can shoot. But she's got nothing else. She's the only one up until that point. You realize that she knows your whole backstory, that you're a criminal. She can put your life in danger. And you've just gone out for like this little bro mission with Doug. And he's like helped you uh, find your brother and like super pro move. Um, He's just a nice guy. You know, if I if I knew Doug in real life, I would save his life. And then we would go out for a beer and we'd watch football together. Because I think that that's just kind of what guy, what kind of guy is, and that has nothing to do with sexism. <laughs> Whatever. My time's up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you have nothing. Yes. Okay. What I do have is an informed opinion on Doug, the smarmy, sarcastic asshole who contributes nothing. Did not save your life at least twice with a dead eye accuracy. Not only can Carly shoot. But she has a gun that has ammunition. She can use it. I think the fact that she and knows she's real good looking, right? That was going to be your next point. <laughs> she, she is a an intelligent female in the prime of her life who is athletic and shoots good. And I think the fact that she knows Lee's background is a benefit because now that. 
that that emotional load has been lifted because Lee's been keeping this from everyone. Now he's got someone he can confide in. Now he's got someone who knows his truth and hasn't shot Three, him in the head. Two, one. Carly's the best. All right, that was that was that was terrible. Yeah, I disagree. Obviously, with everything you said. <laughs> oh, I thought my I thought I admit the whole thing. It was oh, terrible. No, it we, was, we suck. No, no, it was yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, next point. You should always try to protect Clementine. Now, I went first last time, so yeah. you can go first this time. Okay, but we'll still flip for we'll pro-con? still flip for pro-con. Okay, so I... okay, so If it's heads, you're pro, right? Yeah. It is heads. So be it resolved that Clementine is worthy of my ceaseless protection. And yes, definitely. Um, Clementine is the next generation. She is a young woman of color and she is has proven time and time again that she's a survivor. And she is I, actually you know what? I'm going to rewind it a little bit. I need as Lee to devote myself to protecting Clementine because I need purposes, Lee. Clementine arguably doesn't even need, she survived without her parents and without her babysitter for days. Like she was fine. Like she's actually saving Lee. So I think that by devoting himself to Clementine, Lee is actually devoting to himself and his. All right, your time is up. Get the hell out of here. All right. Well, uh, that's just an, I was waiting to see where you were going to go with that. And it's like, yeah, your options were like, keep it hot, like short and sweet, or just go deep introspective. And it I was so predictably bad. chose the latter. Okay. Two words, dead weight. <laughs> that's Clementine. She's got nothing. She can't, she just needs to just another mouth to feed in this world. That's already starving and in great peril. And now you got this little kid to look after and it's not even your kid, right? It's, it's, you didn't choose to have Clementine. It's just that the designers forced this adorable little girl upon you and she's cute, but it doesn't mean she can actually do anything for you. Um, she might be the next generation, but we are the greatest generation. <laughs> so uh, that's that's my opinion all right wow that's that's a I mic drop if i ever heard one okay well i i feel like i got beat soundly on that one i feel like we might be tied one and one i don't know we'll we'll ask um our studio audience what they think um yeah when the votes come pouring <laughs> yeah exactly our all right topic number three be it resolved that the walking dead is not even a game Ian, you will start on this one, and you are pro this okay, comment. So I couldn't agree. You know, I'm thrilled. The Walking Dead is not a game, and I totally agree. I would say The Walking Dead reads like an experience, and I would, I would classify it as not a game because you're not playing it, and you're not maybe bouncing off against the different kinds of rule structures, and because it's such a guided experience for you, I don't think it can classify as a game. You might be making a lot of choices, but um, you know, you said earlier in the program that it's kind of like a uh, choose-your-own-adventure novel, which that's how we were talking about it earlier, and I, that's that's how I view it. Um, uh, a game, I think, would be a little bit more 
free, I think, for me to, to have to play it. And, and as it stands right now, I would call it an experience. I would call it an amazing experience, but not a game. Well articulated. That sound However, still misguided. <laughs> that actually, yeah, for, for adopting a losing point, that was <laughs> really valiant. Um, the Walking Dead series by Telltale Games is, in fact, a game. Um, there is there's one rule and the rules survive um, and there is a win state and it's when you get to the end of the story and it's I did I tested this hypothesis early during this this uh, during my replay and the very first decision I could make was to shoot the zombified cop who was escorting me to prison right or not and I chose not to, and you know what happened? It kills you. I lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I could have stopped playing and like said, "Oh, I suck at this game." But no, like it's it's not mechanically heavy, but there is a rule set. There's one rule: don't die. And if you continue to not die, you win the game. All right. Okay. Okay. And final topic up for debate. This is a good one, I think. Um, the game, The Walking Dead, would be just... I love... Okay, so we're like, not a game. Let's debate it. Very next sentence. Full disclosure, I wrote both of these sentences. So, anyway. <laughs> the ex- I think he meant the experience. Ah, uh, yes. Would be just as fun. Okay, I'll humor you here. The experience in The Walking Dead would be just as fun if you randomized your decision-making process. And so I'm going to start this one off, and I am pro this statement. And uh, yeah, be it resolved that it would be just as fun if it, the decisions were randomized. Because the writing is that good and that robust, the characters are that well-developed that... I can still get invested in it as just an experience. If I take out the game element, even if you take out the little arcadey bits and the quick time sequences, it would still be entertaining. It wouldn't be a game anymore. Then it would be essentially essentially a movie that might have different dialogue each time you played it. But I think, yeah, it would be, if not, maybe not just as fun, it would still be fun though. I mean, the the state the que- you're defending just as fun. So anyway, way yeah. of jumping with both feet there. Um, okay, okay. So I don't, I I truly, I don't believe it would be as fun. Um, it okay. Oh, I don't know. No, I mean, no, it's, uh, no, it's uh, I uh, staunchly believe it would not be as fun. I don't think it would be as fun because um, it's all about character development, essentially. Like you are at the end of the day, like, yeah, you're trying to survive and you're trying to get to the end. And, you know, you can get to the end of the game just by playing, just by, uh, you know, working through scene after scene after scene. If you just put the time in, you'll make it to the end. But I think that the real value for you is in the decision making. And in that the, the character experience and how you're, you feel because, you know, uh, maybe you've, you've 
hurt someone in the game or you feel like you weren't true to your character. And I think that that is where the value is. And so because of that, I don't think it would be as fun if you just randomized the decision-making process. I think it might, it would be interesting. I don't think it would be as fun. And I think if you did it maybe the second time through and you just wanted to see what happened, I actually think that that sounds like gameplay. That's now, now you're bouncing up against the mechanical walls of the game if you're randomizing the decision process. And I think that that would be interesting to see where you ended up. We started with BuzzFeed hot takes and we ended up with a long form essay from The Atlantic. Thank you very Hold much, Ian. That was, that was 700 <laughs> minutes for that last one. No, that was well argued. All right, so we're going to wrap up with some final thoughts. Um, Ian, since you're fresher with the game, um, what are what are some of the things that have struck you in terms of putting you in a position where yeah you have to be ethically conscious so uh what i'll just i'll just stick to one but for me hands down the most powerful um moment in the series happens very early on and although i expressly noted that she is dead weight earlier um that meeting with clementine it's it's how you, you must be like three or four minutes into the game and the emotional depth that they establish between you and a character, and this little kid that you've just met so quickly is insane. I, I, I don't yet fully understand how they managed to do it so quickly. I know as I was taking, taking notes and playing the game, I, I wrote that down. It was the first thing I wrote down, um, which is it's the relationship between Lee and Clementine right off the bat was exceptional and i think that it serves as in very powerful motivation for the rest of the i mean the two and a half episodes that i've played but i'm guessing for the rest of um rest of the you know season one walking dead game um yeah very powerful very useful um and the telltale series just knocked that relationship out of the park yeah, I I completely agree that they do a masterful job of making you care about Clementine wholeheartedly, immediately, and it you're right. It does inform the rest of your playing throughout the rest of the season for sure. It's it's just so fast the turnaround, and yeah, and I I feel like that's important um, because it does give you it gives the player an ethical framework to bite into right away because with all this sort of chaos like you're trying to get in there's this very chaotic world and suddenly all the well even lee's life has just been completely derailed he has been like he found his his wife cheating on him got into a fight with the 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 cheater who happened to also be a senator fight State went bad State <laughs> lee kills him gets convicted of murder and is going to jail when all this uh zombie stuff goes down so right. he his whole life is already in tumult and then throw in the zombie apocalypse and then you have yeah you, you get anchored to clementine and it's an easy buy-in as um as the player as well like you they did they crafted it very well so that you latch onto this this purpose 
in the game. And yeah, it totally informs the way you play f- from then on out. Yeah. So did you uh, did you have anything you want to add before we before we end things off here, James? Um, I'm just very glad that that this that The Walking Dead and the te- this franchise, the Telltale handled it the way they did because I think that it it opened up. I think it opened up gaming and the idea of um, these interactive experiences that sort of skirt the line between game and like interactive movie. If you want, like sort of this these like heavy rain type games, what. Um, it allowed us to start of having these conversations, even if it was just with ourselves, and like to really, for sure, sit and introspect. And well, as far as we know right now, it is just between <laughs> ourselves. So if that makes you feel any better, it makes you feel a lot better, actually. All right, everybody. Well, that is going to be it for us uh, for for this week. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Thank you for listening. And as we go. We're just going to hit you with our review review. Go on to this game. It was reviewed overwhelmingly positively on on Steam reviews. But you know what? There are some real gems out here. So I'll just I'll kick things off here. It says, not anime, 0 out of 10. From clandestine who has 22 should points we, should we be saying there i don't know is this like movie? doxing i don't think it is it's like it's, it's a public forum man anyway okay we will we can have ian and i are going to debate this maybe you hear it or not anyway i'm going to read this one because i like the opening line i once heard this game called depression simulator and that is about accurate but that's not the real problem if you know anything about the series, it's based on you know what you're walking into. It's the fact that your decisions in the game have no real long-term significance or impact. It seems like it, but not really. The same people are gonna die, and roughly the same shit, I think that says shit, is gonna happen regardless of what choices you make. The only real difference is when and where. In some ways, the old choose-your-own-adventure books felt less railroady. If you're looking for a decent, if depressing, story with a few minor changes this guy in the podcast, the ne- he's really uh, kind of just straight this just up, goes, straight man. up reiterating it what we just talked goes. about. It just Yeah, it's so funny because this is exactly what we said. But we're like, we Could love it. We love it. All right, I got one from uh, from user uh, Kim Jong Allen. I said his name because it's so good. And his review is equally good. It's, meh, it wasn't bad. Get it on sale or in a bundle. Why would you post a negative review if you're going to be like, you should buy this (laughs) in any form? And again, it's good advice. All right, hit me with another one. Bad animated movie that gives you illusion of control. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode for you. Thanks again. Later, player.